Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and then we invite you parents to listen in on our conversations, and we hope that in doing so, you'll gain wisdom and insight and understanding, maybe some courage that you might need to have these conversations with your own kids. So we thank you for joining us today. Today, we are especially blessed to be tuning in if you have teenagers, because our topic is chastity. Uh, And this is something that all parents wrestle with, talking about with their children, I think. So we have three wonderful young people with us today who are willing to talk about this on the air in front of millions of listeners. <laughs> you guys are so brave. So um, why don't you tell us your name and where you go to church? I'm Tony and I'm from St. Paul. Joey, I go to St. Andrew. I'm Molly. I'm from Church of the Resurrection. Great. Thank you all for being here. Um, before we kind of dive into our conversation, I want to give sort of a definition, I guess, of chastity or kind of an overview, because I think there are misconceptions about what chastity is. Um, In general, chastity is a virtue, and it's the virtue that directs all of our sexual desires and attitudes toward the truth of love. Um, It says yes to the demands of authentic love. I think a lot of times we think of chastity as as saying no, Um, but it actually is a big Yes, it's our yes to God and to his plan for our lives. And it's also a much broader topic than what we assume it to be. We often want to make the word chastity interchangeable with the words abstinence or celibacy. Um, But if we understand chastity as the virtue that it is, um, we see that those words are not necessarily interchangeable. Um, And we could talk all day about this and what chastity is to all different people, but we want to specifically zone in on what chastity is for teenagers, um, because I think that, well, first of all, that's who you guys are. And secondly, that's for parents who are trying to raise their kids to be saints. um, It's an important, it's an important angle to look at. So um, I think that there are probably a lot of parents who are listening who would be amazed to know that there are teenagers who are willing to be on the radio talking openly about this issue. You know, like they picture their own kids and think, nope, my kid would never, <laughs> never do that. So in general, why are you willing to talk about this topic so freely? Well, and honestly, I think it's something that our culture needs. I mean, we're something that we're very misguided in, or most people are very misguided, and they have this wrong misconception of what chastity is. And so speaking the truth about it and trying to get out the misconceptions, I think is something that's very important um, in educating those trying to live a authentic Catholic life. Yeah, I think it needs to be talked about for the most part. Um, and we're here as teens kind of representing, you know, like everyone's um, parent's child and what they're thinking. So we're kind of just like their spokesperson, kind of, you know, Yeah, <laughs> we're here to tell you tell you what your kids are kind of thinking so yeah i agree with you both i think it's a very important topic and it needs to be discussed and you know why not why not discuss it 
I'm sure parents who are listening right now are like, okay, now, Katie, shut up and let us hear what our kids are thinking. <laughs> Joey, Joey promised. That. <laughs> so um, you're being raised and formed in a culture. Tony, you referred to authentic love, I think, or authentic selves or authentic faith, I think, or maybe not. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Um, but you're being raised and formed in a culture that doesn't even understand authentic lo- love right let alone strive for it and i think that's partly why this topic is so difficult for parents to discuss with teenagers we have to break down so much misinformation tony you were talking about a lot of misinformation before we can even get to the root of the discussion um and every i think almost every parent at some point wrestles with how to talk to their kids about sex but i'm wondering if maybe we shouldn't be encouraging parents instead to talk about chastity with their kids um so i'm wondering if when you hear that is is there a difference between talking about sex and talking about chastity and for you would one of those be a more comfortable topic or conversation to have with your parents honestly i think the two topics really go hand in hand um i think it would be important that when you're talking about sex to talk about chastity should immediately follow um because Mm -hmm. even if you're married i mean you still have to have a chaste marriage even though you're not celibate you have to have a chaste life so I think those two talks together should, I think they work very well together, and I think they should go together. Yeah, I think if you approach your teen kid and uh, ask him to talk about sex, he's not really, or he or she is not going to be up to it. Rather, if you say, well, <laughs> no, thanks. Hey, I'm busy. <laughs> let's talk about chastity, you know, that, that would change my thoughts about it, at least, and I would be more open about chastity rather than talking about sex. I mean, I think they're both uncomfortable conversations, and there's no way around that, really. But um, I think chastity can be rooted in faith more than, like, the science of sex can. So that might be um, a less difficult topic because you can bring it back to faith and authentic love, as Tony and you were saying. So how would you, if you had a teenage child, how would you, Molly, start that conversation with your kid? I mean, you probably haven't given it much thought, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily how would you start that conversation. That's kind of a silly question. Hi, sit down. <laughs> okay, hi, sit down. That's a good start. Parents, write that down. <laughs> I'll give you a script. <laughs> yes, we're going to tell you exactly what to say. Um, no, but I mean, you said, so the difference... You know, chastity, you can you can have a faith-based discussion more so than you can sex. So right. I don't know, would you start out with who God created you to be and, you know, what this gift is that God gave us? Or what do you, I guess, what do you mean by that when you say it, you can have more a faith-based conversation? Um, I think like you were saying, like God created us to be united, you know, in love and obviously physically, <laughs> Um, right within marriage so i think that that is a good way to um like you can (laughs) point to god's loving plan right for our lives in an act of love life is created to build on what molly said i would i would definitely at the beginning of the conversation give my teenager if i had one um a quote i believe it was actually dr scott hahn what he said is he said, well, is sex good? And he said, no, Campbell's soup is good. He said, well, is sex great? He goes, no, Frosted Flakes is great. He goes, sex is sacred. And I think if you look at it that way, 
I think that kind of directs the whole conversation in a different way, opposite of what culture would have that conversation start, opposite the way culture would have that conversation start. So I think if we directed the conversation in that way and had that as kind of our focus point, I think it'd be a totally different conversation and probably a little bit more of a comfortable one Mm -hmm. as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you write that down, listeners? That was good. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> Sex is sacred. Okay. Excellent. Uh, do you think that most t- teenagers have a desire to be chaste? This is, Joey, you talking about getting in the teenage mind. So what do you think, in general, do most de- teenagers desire chastity? I think we all desire respect oh, okay. for one another. But, I mean, the typical non-religious teen, I don't think, honest to be completely honest i don't think they desire chastity i think that kind of depends on how how because that like we said before that's kind of a religious topic so to me that would be how religious you are is how chaste you want to be because a lot of i mean i don't just see a teenage boy on the street and think oh he's probably wants to be chaste yeah yeah I don't know. What do you guys think, Molly and Tony? Would you agree with that or not? Um, I I would agree with that, actually. But I also think that um, non-religious people desire something, which they probably don't know what it is, but what they desire is holiness. And that goes hand in hand with chastity. So they, they might desire chastity, but just not know it, just be searching for something in their lives. Right. And to build on what Molly said, I think, like we talked about earlier, our culture kind of has some misconceptions. It shouts at our teens, well, you don't want to live chaste. You want to be able to do whatever you want with whoever you want when you want. So when you think about it, when that's all over on the Internet, on the TV and the radio and movies, DVDs, you name it, if teens are thinking that way because that's all they see, I think it would be very hard for them to acknowledge the fact that they want to live a chaste life. But if you start to break down that wall of misconceptions and that wall of lies – then I think deep down in the bottom of their soul, they know they're desiring, desiring for like what Molly said, they're desiring for that holiness, that which will essentially lend itself to a chaste life. How about for the three of you? Why do you desire to live chastely? Why is that a- appealing to you or attractive to you? Especially in the midst of a culture like you were saying, Tony, that throws every other opportunity at you. I desire chastity because to live chastely with someone whether you're unmarried or married um proves that that love is authentic if you're living a chaste and a chaste life with another person it proves that the love is authentic and mm-hmm. there's not really any doubt and that you guys are compatible or whatever okay or authentic or yeah. authentic yeah. yeah yeah i think chastity has to do with a lot with um putting God first, even though you're, um, you know, in a relationship, you're always putting God first. So I think that has a lot to do with why I am maybe because I, I want God to be active or I want, I want to be active in my religion and be with God for my whole life. So I guess that flows like with chastity. Um, so it's just one of many things in your mm-hmm. life as you're ordering your life and keeping God yeah. first. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I think God is, I know God has given us our gift of sexuality. And I think that um, this gift is something that's beautiful and wonderful. And so we kind of have to orient ourselves to the way Christ would want us to live that out. Um, we have to orient ourselves in the life of grace 
um, as I think we can get through living a chaste life, you won't. Uh, if you live a chaste life, you're not going to be used. You're not going to use other people. Uh, you're not going to be. You're not going to be selfish either. You're going to be self selfless. You're going to be self giving to your spouse. Or so I think if we live within a chaste life, in those guidelines, if you will, um, given to us really by Christ, then I think we'll be much happier as well. What are what are some of the outside influences that form opinions in teenagers about chastity, either good or bad? What are what are the outside influences? Well, you need to look no further. I mean, some of the movies that you see previews on for TV, what are they advertising? They're advertising one-night stands and mm-hmm. contraception and do whatever you want, get drunk and do whatever you want. I mean, so the fact that we have that sitting on a movie billboard outside in our public movie theater, I mean, that kind of just directs our mind, or it's on our TVs, we're on the Nickelodeon channel as a commercial or mm-hmm. whatever. I think it kind of shows how those influences are formed at a very, even a very young age. And how they're really kind of in our face. I mean, you can't go anywhere without seeing them pretty much. I also think family is a very big influence. Like, if your parents weren't taught to live chastely, then they're not going to teach you to live chastely, and you're not going to see their example of chaste living. You know, so that's probably the first place where you'd be influenced in whether or not to live a chaste life. What about friends? How much influence do friends have over how your opinion is formed? Well, you're always going to, I think, pretty much almost all of us have heard stories about so-and-so did this or so-and-so did this with somebody else. And so I think some people are misguided and have a different conception, different idea of what love is and what sexual love is. And so I think if we listen too much or we kind of have a mind block, if you will, and we just kind of say, well, he or she did it and they seem happy for the most part. Well, it must be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if we kind of follow that, I think we could become very misguided and end up kind of going down a slippery slope in that way. So I think our friends can be a positive influence at the same time, though, um, but a negative one also, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest influences, actually. It, yeah, because, um, you know, you want, you want to have a friend group. And so if that friend group, like, you know, isn't acting holy or with your beliefs, what do you do? You can't just, I mean, you could stand up and say your, you know, your beliefs if they decide to do something bad, but, you know, you don't know how that'll affect your relationship, but then it all comes down to just, like, morals or this, you know. Right. What's my higher priority? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which isn't always easy to recognize or follow through with when you're mm-hmm. a teenager or when you're an adult for that matter. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Tony, Joey, and Molly, and we're talking about chastity. Um, for you individually, what has been the most compelling or most life-changing or most formative experience you've had in regard to your understanding of, of the beauty of living a chaste life? Have has there been a speaker or a conference or a book? or? A... I mean, I think Jason and Crystalina Everett are my biggest influence, at least. They're just, they just both speak so wonderfully and write so beautifully and make such good points about the benefits of living a chaste life. And they share so honestly. They too. do, yes. Yeah. Jason and Crystalina Everett, as they were talking about, they're nationally known, internationally known chastity speakers, a married couple, wonderful, funny, engaging Mm-hmm. intelligent, you know, faithful. So what about for you, Tony and Joey? Is there something specific that sticks in your mind as 
really formative? Um, I guess during my middle school years at St. Andrew, um, Father Michael Watson, he would come in and talk to our um, our class in every month or so. And a lot of them were about chastity. A lot of his talks were about chastity. And so I guess that combined with just seeing our parish priests around the community and see how they can still be involved and still have fun while being very holy men and chaste men. So. I'm glad you brought up that Father Watson came in to talk to you in middle school because I think a lot of times parents think, I'm not going to have this conversation with my kids in middle school. They're too young. They're too-. But they're hearing everything. <laughs> I mean, you might as well counter it with the, the chastity angle because... Trust me, they're hearing the other side of it, too. Um, I have two things. First, uh, we had the privilege at St. John Newman. Uh, Matt Fradd, an internationally known chassis speaker, came to speak. And his uh, his talk was really great. And he actually gave us some of his books and things like that, which actually I have here on the table. Um, and he deals more with uh, pornography and how that's an offense to chastity and how it's an offense to authentic love. And so whether you struggle with it or not, I think it was an interesting talk to hear and hear how that can really break down chastity and break down uh, love that Christ gives us. And then I think having just kind of honest discussions with your parents, knowing that they live a chaste life, knowing that they're willing to help you, and knowing that they know kind of the struggles that you're going through, and they're willing to help you get to where you need to go, get the, um, achieve a chaste life, knowing that they want nothing more than that. They want, that's, what, that's their goal. I think that's kind of comforting as well. You know what, I'm glad, as a side note, I'm glad you brought up the pornography issue because I think that's another thing that um, in our culture, we we have this weird mentality that, oh, it's okay, you know, boys will be boys, everybody does it, everybody, but, so you got to hear Matt Frad's talk, which is awesome. Joey, did you get to hear Matt Frad's talk I, too? I did uh, not, no. He's He's phenomenal too. He's another one, just he's amazing, but uh, I don't... What what do you know about the way pornography seeps in and and corrupts people's ideas about chastity? What have you heard about that? Anything? Well, I'm kind of quoting Jason Everett here, paraphrasing, if you will, because I've, I've watched a few of his chastity talks on YouTube, actually. If you, if you have a moment to do that, like all of his talks at the Steubenville conferences, they're all on YouTube. They're awesome to watch. Um, but he kind of he, what he was saying is with pornography, it comes becomes more about the parts than the person it's more it's not about the human being anymore it's more about oh, what can they do or what do they look like and so i think it kind of d- draws a major blow to what authentic love is and i mean obviously it doesn't portray authentic love it just portrays using somebody and so i think that can be a very big issue yeah um that's another topic we should do someday <laughs> is pornography. But that's a hard one to talk about, too, you know. But anyway, um, Blessed John Paul the Great. No, St. John Paul. Sorry, St. John Paul the Great said, only the chaste man and the chaste woman are capable of true love. Um, so when you hear that, what do you think that means? Only the chaste man and the chaste woman are capable of true love. Um, I, um, when I hear that, I think of, um, like, I just think of a married couple and they are loving to each other, not only, well, not because of their bodies or what they do or their, I mean, but for what they believe and their actions and, you know, just the more spiritual, I guess, part 
rather than the physical part. That's what I think of. Yeah. And it was like I was saying, like, you know, if you're living a chaste life, you're not being used, you're not, or oh, I think Tony said something about that as well. Like, you're not being used, you're not um, being selfish in living your life. So living a chaste life means living a selfless and self-giving life, as Tony said. And so that is a true measure of authentic love is not being selfish with it. I think if you live a chaste life as a marital couple, I mean, that kind of, in complete honesty, I think that, I think that gives the spouses a really an opportunity to fully trust in each other. And if you know that your spouse is living a chaste life, I mean, what kind of comfort and peace is that? I mean, you don't, that kind of takes a, a brick off your shoulder, if you will. And I think your marital love will increase in that way. If you both can trust each other and know each other, that you're both trying to live chastely, live together and be selfless, self-giving with each other in your marital covenant. I don't want to put you in the position of contradicting St. John Paul the Great, but do you think it's possible that someone who's not chaste is capable of true love? I mean, I think we're all capable of true love. You know, we're loved by God and hopefully love him in return. That's the truest of love. But, um... Yeah, and it goes back to what I said, people desire holiness. So, you know, if they're not living in a true love situation right now, they are capable of living in a true, like, one can always live chaste, chastely. So you think you have to get to that. You may be capable of loving uh, authentically, but you have to get to a place of chastity in order to. And I think it's very, very difficult to love if not impossible, to love authentically without the presence of Christ in your life. Mm-hmm. I agree with Molly. I think you can live a chaste life with, I'm sorry, you can't can have authentic love with a chaste life, but I just think it'd be much harder. Um, you kind of go that one, have to go that one extra step that way. You've got to be aware of different things. You have to kind of jump over that one more roadblock, if you will. So I think it can be done. But I think and it's be, not like people who aren't are... are not well intentioned. I mean, no, right, 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 right. absolutely. Right. right. We're always so careful. We don't want to say anything that's going to sound judgmental. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of a, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Joey. Yeah. Um, um, God made us all in the image and likeness of himself. So it doesn't matter regardless of religion or anything. He still, he still created you. So it's, it's there cha- uh, to be chased to love chastely is, is there. But, yeah, we have to it, – it's harder to get, I think, without um, without Jesus in your life. So, like Molly said. So we sort of started to talk about this. Molly started to write a script for parents for having this conversation with their kids. I finished mm-hmm. it. You finished it? It'll be emailed out to everyone who's listening. <laughs> okay. It'll be on the website. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, I'm a parent. I'm listening I'm convicted by this conversation that I'm hearing with you wonderful young people. I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to go into my house. I'm going to sit down with my kid and say, what? (laughs) What do I say? I mean, first start with what sex is. That's what I would say if your kid doesn't already know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would say probably just talk about how we were created to be beings of love and how there are ways to show our love 
But um, there are holy ways to do it and unholy ways to do it. I agree, but um, I think the, to get the most out of your child is to let just let it flow from just like normal things. Like maybe do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or the, that that kind of um, you know conversation, and then just like maybe let it flow from that because then they can like relate to something, and it's not just all you know foreign talk, and mm-hmm. you know they'll be open. I think to talk about that. Does it have to be a sit down? We're going to have this conversation, or is I, it can be something that can be woven throughout? Yeah, like yeah. just daily. Yeah, life, mm-hmm. daily conversation, daily. The hope would be that hopefully you're comfortable enough, your child's comfortable enough, uh, and you're comfortable enough to just kind of have that conversation on a daily basis. I mean, it's always good just to be able to talk to you, be open, have make sure your team's able to trust you and know that you're not going to be judgmental and be angry or anything like that. Because I think if they have that kind of trust in you. And they will be able to, they'll be more than happy to come to you in daily life and ask a question or bring up a topic or whatever. And then one thing that I always like is maybe give them resources that if they want to do maybe a little self-educating, Jason Everett books, Matt Fradd, even some of the lives of the saints, St. Saint Augustine, St. Maria Goretti, St. Agatha. I think hearing some, some of the holiest people we know, the church raises them up as models and knowing that they struggled with these things too and they became saints can kind of help us to know that even if we struggle with these things, we too can become saints as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you all so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom and sharing so openly and honestly. I really pray that it's been helpful for parents who are struggling with this in a culture that fights us at every turn. Um, there's so many resources out there, parents, uh, so much help. You know, chastity.com is a great starting point. Um, Theology of the Body is a great starting point. There's just there's so much to support what we know to be true. So don't despair. Don't lose hope. If you're feeling hopeless, look at these three wonderful people who are here with me today who are witnessing, and there, there are thousands and thousands more just like them. So um, we're going to close in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you, and we just thank you so much for the gift of our sexuality. We thank you so much for creating us out of love, for love. We ask you to help us not to take that for granted, not to abuse that, not to be misled, to let our lives be witness. We ask you to help us as parents raise our children to know this and believe this and trust this and live this. And we ask all of this in your name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.